We're in, the, in a series, we're wrapping up today, a series I've been enjoying. Have you, any of you guys been enjoying getting to know the attributes of God? In, uh, I mean, I just, my goodness, you know. Um, hold on one second here. All right, there we go. It is, uh, it's God Unboxed. This is week five, the last week of God Unboxed and the attributes of God. And I am, I'm excited about this one. I feel like everything, I mean, obviously this is the fifth one, but I feel like everything leads to this moment. And, uh, and so open up your hearts. Um, and let, it was interesting. I don't know if you caught it when he was praying in Spanish, but I did. He, he talked about the limitless God. And this is limitless week two. And, uh, and so something's on this, the unlimited God. Week one, we talked about, um, about what God is like. And it's interesting, week one, we're t- it really, he's the unlimited God. And then week five, we come back and bookend it with, he's the unlimited God. And so uh, the main thought was thinking rightly about God causes us to live rightly towards God. And then the next week in week two, it was unchangeable, part one, the goodness of God. We wanted to see that, that, that God can't not be good. He always is good regardless. And, and the thought was this, not only is the goodness of God unchanging regardless of what I'm going through, his goodness actually gives hope and definition to all my circumstances. And then we went on the, the following week, it was, it was uh, unchangeable uh, a, a week two about the love of God. And we talked about his love doesn't change. The, his love's the same yesterday today and forever. God's heart for us is to not only understand his love, but to close any relational gap that keeps us from living in his love. And then last week, we talked about limitless part one, the all-knowing and all-powerful God. And here's the thought, because God is all-knowing, he knows me. And because God is all-powerful, he sustains me. God's knowledge of me doesn't alter his desire nor his ability to sustain me. And then today, we want to wrap up with the ever-present God. Limitless part two. Unlimited, because he's unlimited, he's everywhere. And there's two words I want to talk about today. Um, in In a few minutes, we're going to talk about his omnipresence. And we're going to talk about his transcendence. And I know those are big words, but don't worry, you'll understand in just a, just a second. Um, but I was, uh, the, the one night, um, uh, little Dougie, we'll call him Dougie. Probably when he got older, he was like, I'm not Dougie anymore, I'm Doug. But little Dougie, he was looking out at the full moon with his mom. And little Dougie asked his mom if God was in the moon. And she said, well, God is everywhere. And little Doug said, is God in my tummy? His mother said, well, sort of, not knowing where the questions were leading. And then little Dougie declared, God wants a banana. <laughs> God's everywhere. God is everywhere. Omnipresent, the all-present God. It, 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 it's not too hard to understand this word, but, and, and, and if I were to say, is God everywhere, you guys would probably all say, oh, of course, he's God, he's everywhere. But I want, I want us to understand these concepts because when you really understand these concepts, it really starts to change how we approach him. Well, watch this. God's everywhere. He fills every place. He can't not be someplace. So wherever you are, he is, and wherever you're not, he is. Is there some place that you're not today that you're praying that God is? Are there family members 
that are not here, that you're praying that God, God, would you be? I'll tell you, he can't not be with them. He is right here fully present and he is right there fully present. Are there places around the world that we're praying, God, would you be there? Would you do your work? I'll tell you, he can't not be there. He, part of his attributes, part of his nature says that he absolutely has to be everywhere. And that's an encouraging place. Well, the Bible talks about this. Jeremiah 24, 24. He says, can a person hide in secret places where I can't see him? The Lord's declaration, I, uh, do I not fill the heavens and the earth? And, and this, isn't, uh, this isn't based on our feelings. This isn't based on, you know, do I feel the Holy Spirit goosebumps today? Or, or does it look like God is doing something in this part of the world? Or does it look like God is doing something there? Or there's places where like, well, it looks like God wasn't, wasn't moving. You know, we, we, with our own knowledge and our own feelings, we're like, well, God must be here and not there. God must be moving in that church and not this one. God must be touching that person and not them. God must be closer to here. And, and we have to understand even by his word that he he fills the heavens and the earth. That there's not a place that we can hide from him. He absolutely is. Proverbs 15 verse 3 says, The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. And some of you, it's encouraging to know that God's eyes are everywhere, that he's watching you. And some of you are like, he's watching me? He's watching me? Like, oh, it, 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 it makes us think about sin and failure and all that in a whole new light. You're like, wait a minute, I, I thought I could hide. He's like, no, you can't hide. I see, I know exactly what's going on. Job 34, verse 21, he says, for his eyes watch over a man's ways and he observes all his steps. The omnipresent, the ever-present, the all-present God. He's He's everywhere. He's right here and everywhere. He's sitting next to you. Leave room for him. He's right there. Sometimes we come to church and we, we almost act like he's not here. We're talking about somebody instead of realizing we're communing with him. He's right here. Did you know that? Do you know he's here? Here, He's also transcendent. And this transcendent means that he's, he's the unlimited and boundless God. That, the, that there's no limits on him. He, he goes beyond physical limits. He, he's beyond uh, and outside of time and space. He's the uncreated God of the universe who has no beginning and no end. Can we imagine that for a minute? I know it's hard to imagine. I mean, because even as a little kid, right? And, and I remember even, even my, my daughters, but I would ask my mom, so, so who created God? And they would try to say, well, well, uh, he, he, no one created God. He, 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 always, he just always has been. And he's the, you know, but, but where did he start? Well, he, 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 never, he never started. He just always has been. What? what? You try to wrap your brain around the unlimited because, our, because we are finite, or in, uh, finite beings trying to understand the infinite God. It's like the pot trying to understand and explain the potter. And so Job 11 verse 7 agrees with this. It says, can you fathom the depths of God or discover the limits of the Almighty? Genesis 1.1 1, 1, talks about this and it says in the beginning God 
right? Can't you, wouldn't that sound better with like a, like a James Earl Jones voice or, right? And, and maybe a little echo, a little reverb in my mic. In the beginning, God, 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 God. Yeah. John 1, 1 in the New Testament, it was the same thought. It was, in the beginning was the word. And, and when you read that chapter, you understand that the word is Jesus. In the beginning, he was in the beginning. Psalm 33 Starting in verse 6, it says, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. Right? He, he, one day he was just, I don't know if God was bored. I don't know if he was just, you know, whatever. He was sitting up somewhere. He was wherever he was. And he just like, ah. I just had a creative spurt today. And he thought, let there be light. And there was light. And let there be water and an expanse and let there be earth and ground and let there be lions and tigers and bears and he he just created just is he's he was in the beginning and and everything started with him and ends with him hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 says the sun is the radiance of god's glory the exact representation of his being sustaining all things by his powerful word, not only did he speak things, he sustains things. And we try, to, we try to figure out, well, there's limits. He had to have been made. He had to have been created. And, and, and mommy, where's God come from? And I'll tell you, guess what? God always has been. And, and he not only spoke it, he sustains it. And I wonder, what if God stopped sustaining? What would happen? And, I mean, this is the God that we're serving. The limitless God. The limitless God, Isaiah 44, verse 6. He goes on with this thought, and this is what the Lord, the King of Israel, and its Redeemer, the Lord of armies, says. He says, I am the first and I am the last. And then Revelation 1. I love this verse talking about the transcendence of God. I love this. Watch. Revelation 1, 8. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the Greek alphabet, the first letter and the last letter. I am the Alpha and the the Omega, the beginning and the end says the Lord God, the one who what? Who is, who was, and who is to come. And, and that's what we're going to talk about for a second here. Because watch this main thought. If you're taking notes, this is what it's all about today. Because God is omnipresent, he holds me in my present. Because God is transcendent, he holds me in my future, and he holds me in my past as well. Do you see this? If that just went over your head, hang with me. I mean, we're talking about the unlimited God. We're saying that he can, he can do whatever he wants to do. We're saying that he's not bound to this moment. He's not bound to time and space. He created it all. And so that Revelation 1-8 verse, he, he is, that means he's right now. He was, and he also is to come. And we're going to see, how does that affect you and me? I think it's powerful. I think we, sometimes we wonder, like, well, why do we need to preach about things like this? Why do we need to talk about this? Because if you, if you can think rightly about him, man, your whole life changes. We start to realize, wait a minute, he is, he's for me. He's for me. Watch, so here's the, here's the first point today, if you're taking notes. He is in my present. He's in my present. It's important to me that he is omnipresent because it means that he is always with me. In other words, he can't not be with me. The, any of you ever, you don't have to raise your hand if you don't want to, but any of you ever felt like God was distant? 
Any of you ever felt like, like he's with somebody else and he's not with me? Like, like if God was with me, then I mean, I'll tell you, he can't not be with you. He is right there wherever you are. I, I love the, the picture in Psalm 139, one of the famous passages, uh, one of the famous psalms that King David wrote. He says this, he says, where can I go to escape your spirit? You see some of the language here? He's like, I, I can't escape it. Where can I flee from your presence? Even if I wanted to flee, if I wanted to run, if I wanted to hide. Uh, if I go up to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol or in the depths or in, or in hell, you're, you're there. If I live in the eastern horizon, or eastern, eastern horizon and, 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 or settle at the western limits, wherever I go, like you're there. Like, I can't, I can't hide. In fact, we might as well give up. You can't hide from him. Any, any praying mom or grandma knows that sooner or later, their grandchild needs to just give up because he's going to get you. He's going to get you. My brother, um, my brother Jordan, I don't know if, if some of you maybe have met my brother Jordan. He's a pastor in Iowa. And uh, I remember when we were kids, um, Jordan was the one that probably got in more trouble than me. When I say probably, I mean he did actually uh, get in more trouble than I did. And, uh, and he would always push the limits and things. And so I remember one day um, him and his friends, they were standing on the sidewalk um, and uh, on, the, on the next block over. And, uh, and they were, uh, their, their thought was there was a field across the street. There were houses behind them and they're on the sidewalk. And he, they would grab rocks, and as cars drove by, they would try to, they would just fling them over the cars. And they're not throwing them at the cars. What are you thinking? They're, they're throwing them over the cars, right? Well, they were doing this for a while, and finally, one of the rocks hit a car that was driving by. My my brother, well, my brother, the, the responsible um, young man that he was, ran. <laughs> uh, he he fled. <laughs> he he escaped. And he ran him to the other block. He, he um, you know, he, all of you Monopoly fans, he did not pass go. He did not collect $200. He went straight to his bedroom closet and hid. And he was in there. And he was in there for a long time, so long. Finally, there was a knock on the door. And the lady that was driving the car said, I, I think, do you have like a son, gay, tall? And yeah, yeah, my mom, yeah, 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 we do. And. Uh, she said, I, I think he threw a rock and hit my car. And my mom, not my son, right? You know, all you moms, you're like, my son? And, and she's like, well, maybe, maybe. And she knew enough to know that it could be. It could be Jordan. Probably not Jonathan. Definitely Jordan. And so she looked everywhere for him. Everywhere. Looked everywhere. And finally opened up the closet. He. And that's where he was. He was just sitting in the closet. And so, she, you know, she made him apologize and all of this. And the lady was really good. And, and then, I don't know, the next couple of days she came over with a plate of brownies. And we thought, you know what? That was worth it. That was, well, do it again. Do it again, Jordan. And, uh, but isn't that, isn't that how it is? We think we can hide. You can't hide. He knows exactly where you are. He's kind of like your mom. He knows. He knows. He's with me in the good and the bad. He, he sees when I fail and he sees when I succeed. Uh, and this is, this is the part where we have to understand. This is where it, it, it starts to feel good because when he sees me when I fail, 
all of a sudden these, these thoughts of shame and guilt come up. But he also sees me when I succeed. And this part that says he can't not be someplace, that means, watch, others will leave you. When you fail, and when, when everything was going good and you did whatever or, or, or they, you know, whatever happened, happened and, and, and others, have you ever had somebody leave you? Have you ever had someone, they were with you in the good, but then they weren't with you in the, in the bad? And I'll tell you, we, this guilt and this shame comes over us and the enemy wants you to think, guess what? God's the same way. The enemy wants you to think that, that, no, that he's with you when you're doing things good. When, when you've done more good than bad, God's with you. That's what the enemy wants you to think. That, that, when, that when, oh, you feel like God's distant? Oh, you better do some more good. You feel like God's not, not with you? You better do some more good. And I'll tell you what, man, I mean, that's just, that's just a lie from the pit of hell, actually. Because he can't not be with you. He is absolutely with you. And so when, when people fail you, and when all of those things are going on, instead of turning because you feel that guilt and shame, recognize that lie that the enemy is saying, he's not there. He's moved. He's not there. And realize he is right there. All you have to do is turn. All you have to do is turn. Others may leave you. You may feel distant. I like this thought. There may be distance relationally, but there's not distance in proximity. Do you hear that? You may feel distant relationally, but proximity, he's right there. Nothing's changed. He is right there. He is with you right now. Whatever you've done. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 31 uh, you see this, watch. He, it was Moses and God, and they're getting ready to pass the baton on to Joshua. And, and he, says, he says this, he will not leave you or abandon you. Some of your Bibles say forsake you. Have you ever heard that? God will never leave you nor forsake you. He goes on to the, to the rest. He says it again, even at the, even at the bottom. Uh, he, he goes on and he says, he says, he will not leave you nor abandon you. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Evidently, they thought that, that, that he possibly could abandon them. God wouldn't have said it if we would never have thought it. He says, I'll never leave you. And some of you think, well, gosh, I mean, he, he had to have left me. I'll tell you what, he has not left you. He will never leave you. Matthew 28, Jesus in the New Testament was saying the same thing right at the end in this, whole, this, this famous passage of, of the, the Great Commission. He says, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. I'm with you always. Matthew 18, verse 20. I love this because we're in church together today. And there's been times when you've been praying with your spouse or with other people. And, and here's the promise for where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there. You know, that means is that even if you didn't feel him today, he's here. That means you can just know by faith that God is right here, right where you're at. Here, so, so he's with me in my present. And that's, I think that's easy for us to understand to an extent. You know, we're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Watch this. Number two, he's, he's in my future. God is in 
my future. I, I love it when you marry the concepts of his omnipresence and his transcendence. Because he not only knows my future, he is present in my future. He not only knows what's going to happen, he's there. And, and that, it boggles our mind, but it's so true. And it is so comforting for us to know this. He is already there. His omniscience that we studied uh, in, in earlier sermons, his omniscience says he knows what's coming. His omnipotence says he's able to protect me or sustain me from what's coming or in what's coming. But the combination of his omnipresence and transcendence says he's already there preparing the way. He's already there. Any of you worrying about tomorrow? Remember he says, don't worry about tomorrow and what tomorrow brings because today has enough worries of its own. There's a reason why he says that. It's not just because he knows. It's because he's there. It's because he's, he's already in your tomorrow. Man, it's impossible for us to, to uh, be beyond this present, this present moment, but he's there already. He knows what's happening after church. He knows what's happening next week. He knows what's happening next month and next year. All the things that, uh, that we wish we could just take the slider of time and plop into the future and be like, oh, that makes sense. Now, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and buy this house. You know, we wish we could take the slider of time and be like, oh, yeah, well, that, I guess I'll buy that car. That would have been a good purchase. You know, you know we want to take the slider of time and say, yep, that was, a good, that was a good choice of marrying that person. You know, whatever it might be. We, we want to be able to know. And I'll tell you this, you can rest in the fact that God already knows. Not only that he knows, he's there. He says, he says I'm right there. I'm right there. I'm right there. Isaiah 45.2 actually says this. He says, he says, I will go before you and level the uneven places. Other places say level uh, the mountains or, or some places say um, the, uh, the crooked places, make the crooked places straight. Or whichever way your, your Bible reads, guess what the truth is? He's going to go before you. He's going he's gonna to go ahead and, and, and make the crooked places straight. He's going to go ahead and make the uneven places even. He's already there. I will go before you and level the uneven places. I will shatter the bronze doors and cut the iron bars in two. He's making a way where there seems to be no way. Anybody praying about direction? You don't need to raise your hand unless you'd like to. Anybody, anybody praying about those types of things? Anyone struggling with what the future holds and you're just worrying, what's the future got the whole, what's going on? I don't know. Man, could it, we take comfort? Man, even for me, I, 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 there's been times in my life and I've just, I wish I would have known, right? And I had to just rest in the fact that he knows. You know, it's like we say, well, hindsight is 2020. We're like, gosh, I wish I would have known. The cool thing is, even on this side, God already knows. He already knows. Everyone just take a deep breath. Just relax. Because he's there already. Because he knows. And he's there. Man, all these big decisions that we've made. Man, I, uh, there's times, I mean, we made the decision seven years ago to move to Kearney. And, uh, um, but I'll tell you what, we didn't know all that seven years would hold. We moved to Kearney before we had any babies. We moved to Kearney before we ever knew I'd ever be a senior pastor. We moved to Kearney. All we had was um, a yes in our spirit that said we were supposed to go. That's all we had. And, but God, you know what God had? God had already taken the slider of time and dropped in to this season. And he's like, yep, yep. 
Come on, Jonathan. Come on. Come on. He's in my future. Watch this. Number three. Everyone say you're preaching too fast. (laughs) Number three. He's in my past. Whoa, now we're getting all scientific. He's in my past. Did you know that? Uh, uh, The same combination of attributes, the same combination of his of his omnipresence and his transcendence means that he is outside of time and space and he actually is in. He doesn't just know what you did. He's there. He doesn't just know what happened. He's there. He he takes the slider of time. The the same slider that went forward is the same slider that's going backward and he can drop into that moment because he's the God of your past as much as he's your future and your present. I love this. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 says this. He says, before I formed you, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And I'll tell you this. I mean, uh, any of you that have, that have been a mother or whatever, uh, or at least you've uh, heard the story of somebody that has been, like, you know, like there may be a moment when a mother's body, they know that, oh, I'm pregnant. I think that there's at least a moment there, you know? And uh, whether it be the, the sickness, whether it be the body changing, whether it be whatever it might be. And there's, I've heard, and I don't know this from firsthand experience, I heard that there may even sometimes be like those butterflies, those flutters. I've heard that, I don't know, it might be true. And I've heard that, there, that at least at some point during that whole process, there could be some kicks or some punches and, hello, hello, would you let me out of here, right? Like, I've heard that that could be true. I'll tell you what, as much as a mother knows her baby before they're actually out. God knows before the, the baby, I like what my mama would say, before the baby was ever a twinkle in your mother's eye, before the, the baby was ever even a, a thought. Like, like he knew you from the creation of the world, he knew you. I mean, he's had thoughts about you. He, he, he's transcendent. He's beyond time. You, you wanna, here's another picture. I love this picture of transcendence. I can only see what's right in front of my face. I can only know this moment. My, my timeline is like this. Uh, I can, I can kind of look back and see what's happened, kind of, but it gets foggy the, the further I go. And, and I, I can barely, there's like there's this fog. It's like there's this cloud in front of me I can only see right now. And God takes this timeline and turns it sideways. And he sees the beginning and the end Genesis to Revelation, my birth to my death, everything happening in an eternal now. It is all happening now. My, my future, my present, and my past, it's all right now. And the transcendent God, the ever-present God, who is fully present in my future and fully present in my now, he's also fully present in my past. And you wonder, some people wonder this, like, like how does this prayer work? How can I actually be healed emotionally? How can I actually get free uh, um, from, from that, those things? How can, I mean, that thing, it just keeps bogging my mind. It keeps affecting my thoughts. Pastor Bo talked about that battlefield of your mind this morning in worship. How do I do this? And some of you, you're like, it doesn't matter how, just pray for me. And some of you are just like, just tell me how. I'll tell you how. Because the transcendent God of the universe knows how to take that slider of time and drop into that place because he's the God who it is. 
in your past. Oh my goodness, that's, that's at least for me, guys. I remember, um, I remember praying with somebody years ago and uh, um, when I was in Iowa. We were praying because they were having uh, like nightmares, like night terrors, and, uh, or at least they thought that this is what it was. They, they were troubled, I'll t- put it this way, they were troubled in the night with some dreams they were having. And uh, they were talking about it with me, and, uh, and I thought, man, that was interesting. They, they were having a dream about, um, about a family member um, abusing them. But they would wake up, and they, were, they would think, uh, like, I don't have any natural recollection that that ever happened. I'm just having a dream that it happened. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's really interesting. So what we did, we just prayed. We just prayed together. and This is what happened. Long story short, this is what happened. She, the, the person actually had, um, they had been abused in the past and they didn't know it. And God took this memory that somehow uh, there was, uh, they had like uh, cut out and put aside someplace. God took that memory and put it back into its rightful place so that they could remember and that he healed them and she was able to forgive and I was like, I mean, it was so powerful because, because they were just thinking, man, I'm just having this reoccurring dream and I don't know what's going on and, I, and all this stuff. And would you pray with me? And God took the slider of time, popped into that place, offered perspective, healing, forgiveness, deliverance. They were able to forgive and like another walking free. I mean, isn't that just cool? Isn't that sweet? God wants to do that with you. He wants to take the slider of time back to those moments and free you and heal you. We say stuff like, oh, it's in the past. Do you ever say that? Oh, it's just in the past. I'll tell you what, if your past is affecting your present, it's not in the past, it's in the present. Man, I've I've had to know that for my own life. I think some of you need to know that for today. Oh, it's just in the past. We just kind of sweep it under the rug. And Jesus wants to heal you. He wants to free you. And he's saying, guess what, guys? If it's affecting your present, it's not, it's not in the past. It's in the present. And, and he wants you to, to be able to have the, the memory of the pain, but not the pain of the memory. I just want to show you one more thing and we're out. Everyone say, I don't believe you. One more thing, one more thing and we're out. Watch this. Jesus, uh, he showed up on this earth over 2,000 years ago, changed the course of history. He was born, lived on earth for 30 plus years, 33 I believe. and He was beaten, he was crucified, he died. He rose again, conquering death in the grave. And we know the story. We've got holidays and moments on our calendar that celebrate these significant places in Christian history. And, and as we celebrate these things, and some of you, some, sometimes we celebrate it, you know, even like when we do communion and things like this, I'll tell you what, not for everybody, but sometimes if we're honest, that story is is just a story. Sometimes it's hard to relate. You're like, well, gosh, that happened over 2,000 years ago. 
sometimes we, we, we think about, and we're like, well, it, it, it's, a, it's a story in history. So we at least, we're like, oh, it's actually happened. It was a historical fact. Jesus was born. But when we think, we're like, man, it happened 2,000 years ago. It's a story. It's just a story. And I'll tell you, this concept of God, all of these attributes that we've been studying for five weeks, it leads us up to this moment. And this is how it's more than a story. You want to see? Because Jesus being fully man, 100% man, over 2,000 years ago, he, he, uh, he actually suffered he actually, there was physical pain. He was, he was being whipped. Uh, I remember even before that, he was, he was betrayed by, uh, you know, by his friends. And you worshiped him, you could come and get ready. And, and he was being, being uh, betrayed and he was denied. I mean, Peter denied him and Judas betrayed him. And, and he had all of this emotional stuff. And, and he took the cross. He, he was, I mean, unrecognizable. And in, in, as, a, as a man, he felt this pain physical pain, this flesh being ripped from his back and the crown of thorns being forced onto his head and, and he grabbed the, the cross and he barely could carry it to the place where he was supposed to die. And we think as a, as a man, he experienced all that, but it's still a good story, right? And that story made the movie, The Passion of the Christ. But here's where it flips. Because Jesus was 100% God at the same time. And we don't, we don't understand it. I'm not going like, to like map out the theology of it. Would you just trust me? He was 100% man and he was 100% God at the same time. 2,000 years ago, as a man, he was experiencing all this. But guess what? This is how it changes. As God, the transcendent God of the universe, he's being beaten right now, 2,000 years ago for you and for me. The transcendent God of the universe, he's being nailed to a cross right now, 2,000 years ago. As he steps outside of time and space, it's not just a story that happened, it's a story that's happening. He's doing it for you, he's doing it for me. Right now, he just died on the cross 2,000 years ago, right now. The transcendent God of the universe sees you from the cross 2,000 years ago, right now. Right now, over 2,000 years ago, the transcendent God of the universe that transcends time and space, that makes it more than a story, right now, he's rising from the dead. He's conquering death and the grave. He's providing my healing and my freedom and my salvation 2,000 years ago, right now, today. For me. And for you. Why study the attributes of God? Because it leads to this moment. All the things that we think are impossible, all the things that we just say, well, it'll always be this way, or, or it, yeah, that just happened in the past, or, or well, you know, it's just this, and, and, and we're, because of our limitations, we just say, well, it's always gonna be, or it'll never be. And the God of the universe wants you to know, wants me to know, he's the transcendent God of the universe. He is ever present in my present and in my future and in my past. And he is, he is, he is all powerful and, and he's all knowing and, and he's high above and he's everywhere that you can think. And he wants you and he wants me and he wants to heal you and he wants to free you and he wants there to be no limits. He absolutely with an undying love loves you. That's why we study who he is. Not to scare us like he sees me. 
but to encourage us. He sees you. He actually sees you. Can we stand this morning? Some of you in this room, you would just say, Pastor Jonathan, I don't know if I were to die today. I don't know if I'm, if I'm going to heaven. If you would just be honest, you just don't know. You're just not sure if you're going to heaven, if you were to die. I want you to know um, you can be sure. The apostle John says, he says, I write these things so that you would know that you have eternal life. If, if that's you and you want that, there's two options for you. You can either come forward in a minute. We've got some pray, people that will pray with you. Or you can write on your connect card. There's a place where you can say, you want to respond to this message by just saying, I want to receive Jesus as my Savior. Someone's going to call you this week. And we're going to get it done. We're just going to get it done. And the, and, and the rest of us, there's an opportunity. Some of you are struggling in your present to feel like God is close. You, that, that, that proximity thing. That, like, I just don't feel like he's near. And you just need to, to close that proximity gap, that relational gap. And, and you need to get some prayer this morning. Or you need to stay in the atmosphere of worship this morning. And some of you, you're struggling with decisions or even just fear of the future. And, and, and I'll tell you what, you need someone to pray with you this morning in just a minute. And some of you, man, you need God to take that slider of time and to drop into a moment in your past where there was hurt, there was pain, there was failure, and you need to experience his forgiveness, his healing, and his freedom. And so if that's you this morning, as they start this song, would you just come forward? There's going to be prayer teams, prayer teams, you can come. And let's just do business with the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. Let's worship for a minute. Oh 